Eat, sleep, movie, repeat, repeat. A podcast on all things movies with Brent Harbour and industry insider Ross Churchhouse. Hello, young Ross. Hello, uh, young Brent. So here we are again, eat, sleep, movie, repeat, which we know is your life. It is. That is absolutely my life, and uh, I'm loving it. Loving life at the moment, especially as we come into Christmas. Lots of great movies we need to talk about in this one, don't we? Yeah, here we are, episode 14, uh, created by some people who don't know what we're talking about, but that's okay. No, fair enough. (laughs) It's the show for people who really don't know what they're doing. That's the magic of it. And we've only got a couple of to go, right? Yep. This is our penultimate show. I looked up the word penultimate yesterday on Google. It means the last but one in a series. So I am using it in the correct context. Last episode, we kind of were talking about Napoleon, Marvel magic, all sorts of things, weren't we? Yeah, absolutely. It was whether or not the shine had gone off some of these movies and whether or not the um, you know, the economy was going to start to bring it back on song. And, you know, as the quality of the movie starts to improve, you know, it was like, will Napoleon conquer the box office and would uh, Trolls band together rocket up the charts to number one on its opening week? Without further ado, let's uh, see what I did there. Yeah, nice. Napoleon. Adieu. Uh, let's uh, let's see what happens. Okay, so right, Brett, you put up a very strong bid last week of one point seven million dollars, and I went really high with one point nine million dollars. And for trolls, I went one point eight, and you went two. So you, I went high, and then you went high. Okay, how do we do? Please put me out of my misery. I, I swear to God, I'm not making these numbers up. Okay, so. Napoleon, look, Napoleon achieved, achieved just $705,000 of the box office, so it's well, well short of our expectations. I think, though, that, you know, to be fair, it's a good film, and it just hasn't really clicked with its wider audience yet, and I think that as that happens, cinemas get nervous, so they start pulling it back a little bit, and then the film will just struggle, but we'll talk a bit more about that in a second. And, of course, Trolls, that struggled to get over the bridge at... $353,000 in its first week. Just basically proves that you and I are the biggest optimistic glass half full people on the planet. Oh, I think so. You know, I'm, I'm really surprised by that. Because when I think back to Napoleon, I think back to Oppenheimer. But, you know, Oppenheimer had the whole Barbenheimer thing behind it for months before we got to see it, right? And Napoleon has sort of just been the trailers and a few things that we had the strike as well that so it wasn't really promoted so but i'm surprised at that i thought that thing would be an absolute stonker yeah look i've thought napoleon was going to be strong all year and you know ridley scott is a fantastic director and you're right the the parallels between that and oppenheimer two great films reasonably long but very historic in nature and they are filmed exceptionally well one just happened to be connected to barbie and the other one wasn't so both films are good and they're on on par with each other it's just that you know audiences just haven't had that hype behind it really to go and see napoleon but that's okay. Napoleon has crossed over a million dollars by now, though, after its week two numbers, starting to pick a little bit more of the audience back up. And Trolls audience, to be honest, I think the Trolls audience is still in school. And as a rule, as a rule, most parents do hold off taking their kids to the movies before the holidays start. And I guess it's so that they can have that up their sleeve if it rains or, you know, once they suddenly go, oh, geez, what am I going to do with the kids? Or where can I put the kids while I go Christmas shopping? And there's all these sort of options. So, you know, it may yet find its audience, but however, there are going to be a lot of big contenders coming up in terms of the films, the new films, that are going to vie for the attention of all cinema goers. And that will pull back Sessions of Trolls and Sessions of Napoleon to fit in that new content. 
I guess um, I guess the interesting thing is that in any other year, if you set aside COVID, these films would have done much, much higher. You can just feel that 2023 has ground a lot of people down. It's been a tough year for everyone. It's pretty hard to be optimistic, like you and I obviously are. But, you know, there are definitely a few highlights coming. Uh, we're going to discuss those today, which should give everybody some hope and positivity as we head into 2024. I think, you know, as soon as you get to that new year, everybody goes, well, I can't wait. Next year's going to be great. And I think we'll start to see a big change in, you know, just everybody's attitude into 2024 as we go forward. I hope it's not going to be like that. Hey, we can't wait for 2020 thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gee, I wish it was 2019. Oh, remember, remember 2017? God, that was a good year. Yeah. Oh, yes. 1903. Well, oh, no, we'll be fine. I think there's a bit of optimism coming in. But yeah, I think the best thing about 2023 for a lot of people will be seeing it go in the rearview mirror. Basically, that's what it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think 2024 is going to be a bit better for everybody. So, you know, let's let's be optimistic, people. Let's, let's uh, be happy. Look, unfortunately, we can't cover every single film that we obviously talk about on this show. Um, we do try and get a reasonable range, but we primarily focus on the films that we'll be showing at our cinemas and cafes, cinemas in Kirikiri and Lido Cinema in Hamilton. But of course, there are other films out there. So we do try and talk about those. So there's some new films this week coming up. Obviously, the first film is Next Goal Wins. Taika Waititi, you know, he's made a great film. It's American Samoa soccer team. You know, they had a brutal uh, takedown 31-0 by Australia in the 2001 World Cup qualifier and of course they want to do better so that's that's the story we have covered that film a little bit but you know i thought the film's pretty good and it's got a great cast you know michael fassbender will arnett elizabeth moss reese darby and of course local uh talent with rachel house oscar kitely and dave farmer you know what the feedback for that what i've seen i've seen a lot of stuff online about it people are loving it and saying it's just one of those classic Taika movies that you have to see. Yeah, I think I think it's got a, a good heart to it. It's not going to be a um, you know a boy or a, uh, a hunt for the wilder people in terms of its box office, but that's okay. And we will use this as our as our guinea pig at the end of the show. And I think it's time for us to maybe shoot slightly lower the optimism and hopefully we'll win this. Okay, yeah. it's got, But when I do these box office predictions, it's kind of like wishing that into my bank account as well. But you know, hey, yeah, I think realistic will be the way to go. Yeah, you wish it into my bank account if you like. That'd be nice. <laughs> One day. Okay. So the next film we've got coming up is The Boy and the Heron. It is a anime film. It is basically a great anime film about a young boy his name is Mahito and he's yearning for his mother he ventures out into the world which is shared by the living and the dead I mean a- anime films tend to have these interesting conversations of you know other worlds and the living and the dead and he basically finds that death comes to end and life finds new beginnings it's basically a tribute to life and friendship and death and creation I can't really give you too much conversation about that but because you know anime is quite tricky to explain but it is this. Uh, we're showing it in the dubbed version in English. Unfortunately, not the subtitled version in um, Japanese. And the dubbed version star- stars Dave Bautista, Mark Hamill, obviously Luke Skywalker, your favourite friend, Robert Pattinson, who I watched last night on The Batman on Netflix, uh, Willem Dafoe is in it, Christian Bale's in it, another Batman reference there, and of course Florence Pugh. So it's a, look, it's a good anime film. If you like anime, go along and see it. It is a limited season, so get out and see it while you can. Well, my daughter, um, one of my twins, she loves anime. She does all the drawing. 
she sits with her boyfriend and watches these anime movies all the time she is going to be absolutely going to see that she'll love it yeah i recently watched a series on netflix called blue eye samurai which i thought was really good it was more western anime if, if, if i'm honest but it was pretty good Anyway, next movie we've got is Maestro. Uh, this is Leonard Bernstein. So this is the story of the American composer Leonard Bernstein and his complex love affair with his wife Felicia from the time they met in 1946 and continuing through their two engagements, their 25-year marriage, their three children. And the film stars and is directed by Bradley Cooper and it also stars Carrie Mulligan, uh, Matt Boma and Maya Hawke, who is Ethan Hawke's daughter. So yeah. Good. It's a good cast, actually. Matt Bomer, he's a good actor. He's been in lots of TV series back in the early 2000s, and he's just he's really good. Yeah, and look, Bradley Cooper as a director has been coming on extremely strong. He's got his own take on the movies he makes. He obviously did The Star is Born with Lady Gaga in about 2017, I think, off the top of my head now. This film, he ages through these years, and the film's in black and white and colour, uh, to give you this feel of the age of the film and he from all accounts i haven't seen the film yet but from all accounts he is sensational in it and this could very well be a oscar nominated and potential oscar win for bradley cooper oh that'd be brilliant and you got some classic films as well ross yeah so we do have a um a range of classic films and that'll dovetail into something i'll tell you about next week but we've got love actually for christmas which is always a good christmas film we've got miracle on 34th street that's the uh, 1947 black and white i believe miracle on 34th street uh so the original classic and of course everybody's favorite christmas film Die Hard with Bruce Willis. Absolutely. And we put this out to the people on Facebook and said, hey, what movies do you guys want to see? And Die Hard was like, please show Die Hard this Christmas. It's basically love actually with bullets. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how they should market it. It'd be a great, like the Barbenheimer thing. Just mash those two together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, I, I recommend just go out and do a double feature. Why not? Yeah, why not? I think that's perfect. Willy Wonka. Or just Wonka, actually. I can't say Willy Wonka, right? Just Wonka. The, the, the tagline for the film was how Willy became Wonka, which I thought was quite clever. Look, um, and we talked about this just before we started recording, so I'm sure this will come <laughs> back up. But I'll tell you about the film, and then you can tell me about your thoughts. Okay, so I've had the you know, the absolute pleasure of seeing the film already. Okay, uh, um, I went into it with reasonable expectations that it would be good obviously you always want films especially family films to be good i came out and i this is the film for christmas hands down this will be the biggest film over christmas for families for seniors for date nights it is delightful three or four people use the same word when describing it they all said this is delightful it has heart it is by far my favorite movie that i've seen this year and that's saying a lot. It is saying a lot. It, um, it just nails every single thing that you want that film to do. And you have to go into this film looking at it through the lens that this is the prequel to the Charlie and the Chopper Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chopper Factory with Gene Wilder. Don't sort of think to yourself, this is a movie leading into the Johnny Depp version. This is the Gene Wilder version. And it is absolutely brilliant. It is. It has singing. It has dancing. It has incredible acting. It has comedy. Yes, there we go. Lots of singing. It's it's got a musical 
bent, but you will walk out of that thing, and uh, out of that movie, sorry, and you will absolutely be on cloud nine. You'll be in thinking, I have to go and see it again. Okay, I've rambled on a fair bit here, but I'll just give you a brief. The film stars Timothy Chalamet, who we're going to see next year in Dune Part 2, Sally Hawkins, who was in uh, Paddington, it's got Olivia Coleman, who is a two-time Oscar winner. It's got Rowan Atkinson, and possibly one of the funniest things I've seen Rowan Atkinson in in a while. And American actor-comedian Keegan-Michael Key, he's in it, and he is hilarious. And Matt Lucas, uh, who everybody would probably be familiar with as well. So, obviously, it's based on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It tells the story of how this greatest chocolate inventor in the history of the world this magician of chocolate becomes Willy Wonka and how he has to fight to become a chocolate maker it's made by Paul King who's the writer director of the Paddington films and David Heyman who was the producer of Harry Potter Gravity Fantastic Beasts and Paddington so with a pedigree like that behind it this is had to come out strong this had to be a strong film it is from the very start you introduce to Willie, you understand right from the get-go where Willie's at, what his needs are, what his thoughts are, what his hopes are. There is a, a cameo, or I shouldn't say a cameo, it's probably a very short um, supporting actor by Hugh Grant, who plays the author. And honestly, Hugh Grant is hilarious. The more I watch Hugh Grant now in this kind of end of his career, at this end stage of his career, the more I think, you know, Comedy is his absolute niche because he's brilliant at it. Just dry, deadpan comedy. Okay, so yeah, so now my feelings. Um, so the you go, folks. The original movie with Gene Wilder. Uh, I'm not a fan of musicals. I avoid them at all costs. My family loves musicals, so I get dragged along to them. And yeah, normally I come out and go wasn't as bad as I thought. But the original movie, I thought Gene Wilder is a brilliant actor. He was brilliant in it, but I thought he was evil. I was scared of the Oompa Loompas, the kid getting sucked up the tube. I mean, really, it was it was just traumatic for me. And so I struggle with anything that is Willy Wonka. Okay, well, the good news is there's no children getting sucked up tubes or anything <laughs> weird like that. But look, the story is really, it's this, there's several stories within the story as well. And they do it so well that they wrap everything up so nicely that you just, you sit there and you go, oh, that was great, you know. There's nothing. There's nothing left in this film where you sit back and go, "Oh, what about X?" It, it ticks every little box, and it is delightful. That's the only word I can use for it. So, I give it ten out of ten, five stars, five jack, whatever you want to call it. Grab the grandma, grandpa, family, and go and see Wonka. It is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I will go see it with the family for you, Ross, because you've given it such a. A glowing recommendation. Well, I, I can honestly tell you that I believe that this will be the film that people go out and they'll see, and then they'll go and tell all their friends to go and see it, and then they'll say, oh, maybe I'll go with you, right. and they'll see it again. Cool. Yeah. All right. There you go. That's that's beautiful. So we just need to wrap this up now with our prediction, and as you say, I'm just going to have to adjust my thinking on everything here a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So look, we'll just, we'll just um, I guess we'll go out with Taika because that's the one we're doing because we're going to record our next show next week, not in two weeks, and that'll be our last show of 2024. So how do you think the next goal wins is going to do? Oh, okay, there's the Taika factor. The trailer is brilliant for it. It just looks like a fun movie and really appeals to me and my sense of humour, and I think it will appeal to a lot of people. Okay, I say... 
that for the New Zealand box office, for next goal wins, it will kick off with $950,000. You know what? I'm really glad that you didn't say $2 million. Um, <laughs> Well, that was my original guess, obviously. But yeah, no, yeah. $950,000, I think that's... That'd be really good, getting close to a million dollars, right, for a Kiwi movie? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I was actually going to say nine fifty to nine seventy five. So I'll go nine seventy five. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think it hits a million in its first week, but I do think that it is going to have some of that type of magic that people will come out and see it. So that's going to be good. And of course, um, next week because we are running into the last show. I figured we'd change it up a little bit next week. So next week I thought what we would do is let's just discuss some of the highs and lows of 2023 and some of the titles that are coming up in 2024. Things that we are keen to see and things that we thought were good and bad for this year. So um, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, I've seen quite a few movies this year and, and some that I was quite, you know, over the moon about and some I was kind of a little bit meh. But maybe I should go watch them again, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it, that's the thing. When you, I have a list of probably three or four movies that I think were fantastic this year, and I've got a list of five or six movies that I thought were terrible. But I'm not going to bag anybody specifically outside of maybe the Marvels. But um, but just just so disappointed with the Marvels. <laughs> yeah, look, um, I mean, yeah, the, we're, I think the Marvels movie and. The whole discussion around that we will talk about next week a little bit because it's taking on a life of its own. Oh, it is. It's it's becoming a meme, uh, it's, which is sad after four weeks. Yeah, it's just terrible. Um, anyway, folks, thank you very much for listening. If you like, if you like listening and you think these guys are actually worth a, a laugh, please share this and um, let your friends know. And we'll catch you all again at the movies real soon. Thanks for listening to Eat, Sleep, Movie, Repeat, Repeat, a movie podcast available at. Buzzsprout, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.